It's a good day to be alive and be at church and be here at Gates. Amen? Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I was thinking about um, what she was saying about the kingdom, and it's funny because I'm reading a verse of scripture today regarding the kingdom of God. Um, she was talking about, Becky was talking about um, just a lot of things going on in our earth and uh, in our planet right now. On this planet, there's a lot happening and we should be excited. How many are excited today? Amen? And you should, you should be excited about what's happening in the earth. There's some amazing things that are going on uh, in planet earth. And um, in Luke chapter 12, I'm going to just read this and then we're going to talk about what I'm going to share today. Um, in Luke chapter 12 and verse 29, um, most of the time this passage we usually read out of Matthew chapter 6, but today I'm going to read it, I'm going to read Luke's account. Um, Luke was a doctor, a very educated man, and he had a different, he had different outlook and, and perception on things at times. But I want to read what he says here in verse 29. He said, and do not seek what, uh, do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all of these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek the kingdom of God. We know that um, in the Amplified, in Matthew 6, when he's talking about this, this same statement that Jesus made, um, in the Amplified, it's defined, the kingdom is defined as God's way of doing and being right. It's God's way of doing something, God's way of operating uh, in the earth. And um, the, the, the nations are in an uproar. And, and, and in, in verse 29, he said, he said, do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. Don't let anxiety rule in, in your life, in, in your mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. God knows that you have need of these things. Whatever it is that you think you need, He knows you need those things. He said, don't have an anxious mind. Don't, don't get under the pressure that so many people are under. Um, you know, when, she, when Becky was talking about the outcome of the, of the, uh, the vote on the Supreme Court nomination, uh, President Trump nominated uh, Judge Kavanaugh for the seat in, for the Supreme Court. Judge Kavanaugh's been on the, on the next lower court, right under the Supreme Court for the last 12 years, and he nominated him. And then uh, all kinds of hell broke loose and broke out. And, and um, you know, what, what, what's interesting is um, 
she made the statement that, that God's will was done based on the way the votes went. And then uh, Judge Kavanaugh was seated as the next Supreme Court justice. Um, but there's a lot of opinions out there that say it wasn't right. There's a lot of people that think different. Maybe some of you think different. Maybe some that are sitting here today think that, you know, that he's maybe what a lot of people said he is, and he did some of the things that were not proven, and they did all kinds of investigation, and it wasn't proven. None of, none of it was. Actually, all the people that I've understood, at least the information that I read, and that I listened to, that even all the people that the woman that testified before the Senate committee, even all of the people that she said were in the, in the party, at the party that, where she was uh, abused, whatever it was she was, um, I'm not taking away from that if that's what happened to her, but I'm saying all the people that she mentioned none of those people said either they were there or that they remember anything like that, the people that she mentioned. And so there's a lot of information. Um, I'm not here to talk about politics. You've never heard me te teach or talk about politics. I won't. I won't use the pulpit for politics. Politics are politics. I have, we'll talk about certain things and, and we'll state truth, but the pulpit is to preach the word. Can you say amen? But out there, out there right now, there's a, there's a lot of opinion. There's a lot of opinion. And the Bible says that the opinions of man will make the word of God of no effect. Did you hear me? The Bible says that, pe that men's ideas will cause you to doubt the word. Men's ideas will cause you to doubt God's word. That's true. You begin to think that things are not the way God says that they are. That's why you have to be busy seeking his kingdom. Seeking God's kingdom is... Understanding and learning the way God does things and what's right based on what he says is right. And you've got to know that. So, so then is there a battle for knowing what is right? Yeah. But then what about, a, what, what, what about where does opinion enter into what is right? Where, where does that enter? Because see, you, you know, I can believe that something is right, but you might believe that what I think is right isn't necessarily right. So who's going who, who, to balance that out? Today we're going to talk about something that I believe is, it's just been really on me for a while. and I've shared bits and pieces of it in some of the messages I've shared as of late. But this has been on me really, really strong. And, I mean, I, I've, I really worked on and got some other opinions about a title for this message today. But, but I, I, I settled for a real simple one. And the title of this message is, 
God is love. God is love. So, then you might think that, well, okay, so what he's going to talk about is the way I, I, I'm supposed to treat other people. Well, I mean, that's real evident in Scripture. But today I'm, I'm going to look at something a little bit different and how, how, you know, God is truth. If I'm seeking his kingdom, his way of doing and being right, if I'm seeking that, then I'm going to see everything he wants me to see and how I'm to operate here on planet earth. And I'll ask you this question. Is God concerned? Is, is, is heaven freaking out over issues that we have on planet earth? Absolutely not. If you think that's so, you're deceived. Heaven is not freaking out about any of the differences, I don't care what it is out there, that, that people have, issues that people have. Heaven is not freaked out. God is the answer. Amen? And um, just, just a number of different verses of Scripture that are, if you've been around here at all, we read these a lot. First uh, John 4, I want to read this. First John 4 and verse 7. First John 4 and 7. Let's read that. <clears throat> Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8. He who does not love, he who does not love, in a given situation, does not know God in that given situation. For God is love. Title of my message today, God is love. He who does not love in a given situation does not know God the way he needs to know God in that given situation. So what do you do? You seek his way of doing and being right in that given situation. His kingdom in the earth is his way of doing something, his way of operating and responding to different situations. His kingdom is his way of response and action in every given situation that there is on the planet. That's his kingdom in the earth. His kingdom isn't a natural kingdom. He's not battling with the United States government. He's not battling with the Russian government. He's not battling with the African government, this government, that government. He's not battling with a natural government. His government is his way of doing and thinking and operating in every given situation. That's his kingdom in the earth. That's what I have to be seeking. Now, if you were going to if you were going to go to college to be a um, to be a teacher and your desire was to be a math teacher, what would you be seeking? A business degree? No. You'd be seeking a teaching degree. And in one form or another, you're going to 
major in mathematics and you're going to learn mathematics. You're going to take some other courses that don't just directly apply to mathematics, but majority of what you're going to do is going to have to do with mathematics because you want to be a teacher who teaches math. So that's what you're going to seek after. You're going to seek after all the information that you need to get to acquire to become that math teacher. To seek God's kingdom is to seek the way he does things and the way he operates and the way he responds in every situation. And you say amen. In the, in the 18th and 19th verse of this first John, it says, perfect love, perfected love, developed perfected love in every situation casts out fear. Okay? Remember that as we, as we go on and look at a few other verses of Scripture. John 13 Perfect love casts out all fear. Verse 34, Jesus says this, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know, everybody will know that you are my disciples. By what? How smart you are? If you do miracles? If you're wealthy? That's the way the world's going to know? No. No. If you have love one for another. The world will know who I am. And, will it, and, and, and the world will want to advance the way I think about situations if you have love one for another. And we know, we know in Jesus' parables all through, and actually every, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all record, they all record statements that Jesus made that had to do with loving your enemies laying your life down for people that don't like or think the way that you think. So today, what, what, I'm, what I'm looking at is, what, what is, what is operating in the earth that causes people's opinions about situations to divide us. Why would, why would a person put their mouth on someone else that doesn't think the way that they do? Why would you put your mouth on somebody and talk ugly and negative against another person created in the image of God? Why would you do that? When at the end of the day, what's it going to profit? How is what someone else thinks going to affect you? Well, I've just happened to found, I've gone through Scripture, and I have found a number of places where it talks about this. And in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, I just want to read one verse. 
It's the fourth verse of 1 Corinthians 13. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not envy. So today, in the rest of my in the rest of my message, um, I want to look at what I think is one of the key things that is destroying people's lives. We're talking about the kingdom of God, God's way of doing and thinking and operating in every given situation. And the foundation of that kingdom is love. Because when you, when you see in Scripture where Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, he's talking about the kingdom of love. Because God is love. We just read it. Say that with me. Say, it with, say with me that God is love. Ready? Say it with me. God is love. Let's say it one more time. God is love. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of love. The kingdom is God's way of doing and thinking and operating in love. The foundation of that way of doing and operating is love. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love does not envy. The actual Greek here says this, love cannot envy. Love cannot envy. You and I, apart from love, can and will and do. But when you and I are saturated in the love of God, there's not envy because envy can't be there. No envy in love. So we're going to define envy through a number of just passages that we're going to look at. Um, We're going to start in John 15. Uh, no, we're gonna. No, we're not. We're gonna start in Mark fifteen, first, and verse nine. This is this is a Mark's record of Jesus right towards the end of his life before he was crucified, and he was taken before Pilate. And Herod both. He's brought back to Pilate and, and, and verse 9 says, But Pilate answered them saying, and these are the, the Jewish leaders, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Verse 10, For he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of what? Envy. Because they loved him so much. No, they handed him over because they were envious of him. What did did they envy in Jesus? What what was it about him that they envied? 
They turned him over to Pilate because they envied him. Why do people envy other people? I'll tell you what they envied about Jesus. Jesus was doing and Jesus had everything they wanted. You know what he had? All he had to do, I mean, he tried to hide. But all, all, that, all he had to do is it just, just a word get out where he was going to be and crowds were everywhere. What did they want? Crowds. They were envious of his crowds. In 400 years leading up to Jesus manifesting on the earth, there hadn't been a miracle. Everywhere Jesus went, miracle after miracle after manifestation after manifestation, what, they envied what he was doing. See, if he wouldn't do anything, if he was just, you know, talking a bunch of stuff and, and, and you know, just kind of doing whatever he wanted and there was just, he had a little gathering of about 15 people or whatever, they, they, weren't, they wouldn't be upset about that. They were envious of him. And they turned him over because of envy. But let me tell you something deeper that, I, that I've found in Scripture. Go back to the John 15 that I was mentioning. And actually starting with verse 9 also in John 15. <clears throat> I'm going to read a few verses here and then just pull some things out of it. Jesus said, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be, may, may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. These things I command you that you love one another. Look at verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world... But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember, the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my namesake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have, not, they would have no sin. But now 
they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. They hated me without a cause. As I was reading this passage of Scripture, I was thinking about something. Thinking about the love of God and the operation of the love of God. And, and sometimes you can, you, you can read and look at all of the foundational truths that have to do with us loving one another. Jesus is mentioning those, you know. He's mentioning about laying his life down for his friends, laying his life down and doing these things. But it's all, all of those different types and, and characteristics are more of a thing that people look at as though you're trying to do it. So I have an unlovely situation. Somebody's been ugly and now I'm trying to be right and talk right and to do right and all that kind of thing. But you know, that never holds water with God. It's not a trying ex, you know, episode from situation to situation with God. It's not about trying. It's about doing it. And Jesus made a statement here, and he was talking to me. He was talking to me. Not you. Just me. No. He was talking to us, but I'm saying he was talking to me. And you know what he said? He said, Bert, I chose you. You didn't choose me. Jesus was saying, I chose you. What? He chose me? He chose me. Because of how much he loved me. So what does that mean? That means that Jesus was a chooser because he had been chosen. Now follow me, don't lose me in this. Jesus was a chooser of man. He made the choice in the garden to choose you and I in spite of all the things that we did because he had been chosen by God. God chose him for such a time as that to accomplish what he accomplished so that you and I could be chosen. I didn't choose Jesus. Where did I make the decision to get born again? Where did you make the decision to choose him in life? It was after you realized how much he loved you. And I'm telling you today, what that translates out to is this. That God has chosen you to do what? To be Him in the earth and to bear fruit and to accomplish great things. And He said, what, what, what I'm reading out of this passage of Scripture and what God's saying to me to tell you today is when you realize that God chose you, then you can love your neighbor. I'm chosen. 
I'm chosen. I don't have to want someone else's life. I don't have to want what other people have. I don't want to be that type of a person where I can't like you because you don't do everything I need you to do for me. I don't like you because we don't like the same things. I, I don't like you because uh, um, uh, you, you're, you're drawing the big crowds and you're doing this thing and you're, 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 get, you're getting all these. I don't like you. But see, when you know you're chosen, listen to me. Catch this last little piece of this. When you know you're chosen, you'll be faithful. It's required of a steward that he be found faithful. It's not required of a steward that he do all the things that we think we need to do to accomplish and be successful and be what God wants us to be. It's not all those things. It's being faithful to his kingdom, his way of doing and thinking and operating. And when I'm faithful to that, then I can love my neighbor. I can love my brother. I can rejoice with those who are rejoicing. I can be excited when other people advance because... God chose me, and he chose me as a great one. I, I, I chose my wife. I chose her to be my wife. She chose me to be her husband. We chose each other, and we're the most important thing to each other on the planet. We chose each other. And we made the decision, and we love each other. We, we, we're, we're, not, we're not looking for someone else. We chose each other. He chose me, and he said, you know what, Bert? You're my favorite. What? No, 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 you're, you're, you're my favorite. Have you ever heard God thank you for things that you've done? Have you ever heard God thank you? Have you ever, you ever maybe been into yourself and thinking about woe is me and all this kind of stuff? And, and God, if you let him, he'll break through and he'll begin to, hey, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for not quitting and standing firm and being that. Thank, thank you. Listen, when you can hear God tell you those things, you can love your neighbor like no other. Because there's no intimidation there's no walls up because those walls, they come down. When you know you've been chosen by God and you're his favorite and there's nothing, there's no money in the world, there's no possessions of the world, there's not all those things that we just read about in, the, in, in, the, in uh, Luke, whatever it was, 12. There's nothing there that man seeks after that's going to give you that affirmation in life, except knowing God chose you. And you're his favorite. And you're so special that he wants to thank you for being who he created you to be. God wants to thank me? Yeah. When you step out and you love in an unlovely situation and you do something because you're so secure and so confident 
in the love God that has for you, when you love when, it, when in the natural your flesh doesn't want to, I, I can hear God's voice saying, oh, man, man, man. Randy, thank you for doing that. You didn't want to do that. Your flesh didn't want to do that. In the natural, those people probably deserve being treated ugly and, and, and you retaliating and they punched and you punched back. You know, that would be the natural thing to do. But Randy, thank you because you did what I wanted you to do. Thank you. Thank you. I need you. You ever heard God tell you that he needs you? No, God doesn't need me. God doesn't need anything. God is God. No, in the earth, God needs us to do things his way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If you don't think that, you need to think again. God needs you, and he needs us, and we can't get away with just acting however we want to act. we got to be people, but you'll never be that person until you know how awesome that you are in his presence. Amen. Um, give me give me James three sixteen. At the root of all evil is the devil. Okay? Not your neighbor, not your spouse, not your family members, not people at work, at church, at wherever. It's not this person, that person, whatever. It's not any of that. At the root of all envy is the devil. Watch what he says here. For where envy and self-seeking exist, what is there? Love and joy and peace. No. Confusion and every evil thing. One translation says, where there's envy and self-seeking, there's the manifested presence of the enemy. Where there's envy and self-seeking, why would envy and self-seeking go together? Because you have to protect yourself. Why? Because you don't know God chose you and that you're the apple of his eye, I mean, you're it to God. And when you know that, the other stuff goes out. But listen, the other stuff goes out the door situation by situation. There's not just a deliverance. You get delivered when every time you want to respond negatively... Or in the flesh, you realize, wait, wait, wait. God, this person said this, and you know, I don't like it because with me, I, if if I if if I don't step back and I don't pray in the spirit and I don't reflect on what's really going on, see where where when I just think about myself. What do I do? Er, open the door to the enemy. 
Somebody says something, does something, they're ugly, they come against me. If I don't step back and get the mind of God on it, boom, I open that door to the enemy. There's confusion and every evil thing. Everybody say every. Dang. Huh? Just because I reacted wrong? Every? Yeah. Because, because when you give the devil a foothold, when you open, when you just a crack, he's got him and his buddies all standing there. <laughs> I'm ready to come in. Is that a good devil? No. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm ready to come in the door. I mean, does it work like that? Absolutely. That's why there's so much crap in the earth. That's why there's so much junk going on in the earth because of the way Christian people open the door. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about Christian people. And Jesus already said, the world's going to hate you. So that mean that we need to work against the world? No, we need to love the world. That's why you love your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you and take advantage of you. What does that mean? You've got to get it from God. Somebody's despitefully using you and taking advantage of you, back it up. I'm not opening the door to the enemy. Enemy's coming against me through these people, but I'm not opening the door even further where confusion and every evil work's going to enter in. No, God, what do you want me to do? How do I handle this situation? Every, there's no textbook answer to situations. That's where you learn to grow up. That's where we learn... From situation to situation by realizing, man, God chose me. He loves me. I'm his favorite. He would never allow these things to come against me and, and, and overcome me. Uh, uh, this isn't going to work. There's no way. No way. But I have to tap into and step into what love really looks like. I've got to understand it. And you'll never understand it. If you don't believe that God chose you to be this person, to walk in love and do those things and help him out in the earth so that people can know what it really looks like. A couple of the verses. Acts chapter 7. And verse 9. <clears throat> and this is, the, this is just a New Testament account, real quick account of what happened with Joseph in the Old Testament. And it says, And the patriarchs, becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt. They became envious of Joseph. Did Joseph do everything right? Absolutely not. What did they envy? Number one, they envied that nice coat he had. In other words, he had something they didn't. And it started with two or three of them, and then it mushroomed into the whole group. And all ten of them decided to sell their brother into slavery because of envy. Long story short, so what did Joseph do? He took them all out. 
No. He didn't want to, but he heard from God and he forgave them. But because of the attitude of his heart, because he, he knew he had been chosen by God, what did God do? He was sold into slavery into the lowest parts. And God raised him up to the highest parts. That's what happens when you shut envy down by doing what God thinks is right and doing it exactly the way he tells you to do it. Can you say amen to that? Works every single time. Every single time. Acts 17 and verse 2. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths, three Sundays in a row, reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, This Jesus, whom I preach to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. Notice he said, not a few. What does that mean? A whole heck of a lot of them. That's a Texas interpretation right there. Whole heck of a lot of them. Verse 5. But the Jews who were not persuaded became envious. Took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, they set all the city in an uproar and attacked Jason's house. I mean, whole thing got stirred up. Why? Because they were envious. They came against Paul and Silas. Why? Because Paul and Silas were doing something that they weren't doing. Instead of them saying, man, this is an amazing revelation. Let us be a part of this. Mm -mm. Stirred it up. Mob against him. Don't think for a second that Paul's life was easy. Don't think for a second. But he said, many of the persecutions that have come against me, but my God delivered me from all of them. Bam! Why? He knew he was chosen, and he learned situation to situation how to operate in God, in love, in a situation. See, love, love is not exactly the way everybody thinks it is all the time. It's not just being kind. Everybody say, love is kind. Yeah, but love can't be and never is envious. But you won't. Listen, every one of us get attacked with being envy, envious of situations and people all the time. Or just me. <clears throat> I mean, come on. It's natural. It's just part of, it's part of what's out there in our lives. But when we step back, Father, this is what I'd like to do. Just be honest. If you'd like to do it, just be honest with me. He knows, he already knows what you think. God, this is what I'd like to do, but I know this is what you wouldn't do. But I need to know what you would do. Thank you for revealing to me and showing me in this situation what to do. And as you do that, as you develop that type of a lifestyle and a connection and a communication with God that way, you'll learn how to grow up, get beyond and past envy in your life, and to a place where you can love your neighbor 
as you love yourself and sometimes even greater than you love yourself. But I promise you, you'll never love people until you love yourself and you'll never love yourself until you realize God chose you. Can you say amen? Two verses and I'm done, or two passages and I'm done. Genesis 26, and I'm just throwing this one in. Genesis 26. How many believe that you are prosperous today? Say it. Say, I'm prosperous. If you believe you're prosperous, glory to God. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued. I'm in Genesis 26, 12, sorry. Now verse 13. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. So, the... You know, he, before, this, before he said this hundredfold, he's doing all right. Because his daddy left him some stuff, right? So he's doing okay. But then he began to prosper when he sowed out of obedience to God, God doing, doing exactly what God told him to do. He began to prosper, uh, and he began to operate in millions, and, and till he came to the place where he became very prosperous, he became billionaire. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great numbers of servants. So the Philistines. What? They envied him. They envied him. They didn't say, man, we're blessed by what's going on with you. We're so excited for you. No. No, that says here that they envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they had filled them with earth. They were mad about what, how God blessed Abraham. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. And Isaac departed. And then you know what happened? And here's my point. If you want to prosper, people are going to envy you. People will envy you if you desire to prosper. But listen to me. If you handle your prosperity correctly, if you handle it correctly, if you read farther in the chapter, they ran him off, and then they came to their senses, and they went back, and they wanted him back. And they said, make a covenant with us. Man, you're, you're, you're amazing. You're this, and you're that, and make a covenant with us. And he did. And he connected with those people, but he connected with them when it was God's timing. And they had to come to a place where they realized, you know what? He's not a threat to us. He's not trying to overtake us. He's just prospering naturally. Listen, Abraham, or or, uh, Isaac here, he sowed seed and reaped a hundredfold in the same year, but he sowed seed out of obedience to God. He didn't sow seed trying to see what would happen. He sowed seed because God said, and he stayed where he was because God said. He did exactly what he did. He didn't, he didn't do when it came time uh, during famine, and this was time of famine, he sowed seed. He didn't do exactly what his father did. He did what God said. 
You ever had advice from someone in your family telling you something? Somebody does something to you? Well, you know what, man? You need to, you need to show them what's, who's boss. You need to show them what what. You need to make that right. You need to let them know they're not taking advantage of you. Some of that kind of advice will shut down the effectiveness of the Word of God. Did you hear me? You see, when you know you're chosen, and you know God loves you, and you know you're, you're His favorite, nobody can do something that's going to hurt you in any way, shape, or form. I, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling and kind of laughing because as I've, as I've stepped into that, I can't tell you the liberty that is there not to not be concerned about what other people think as much as the empowerment that it brings to help other people be set free. Did you hear me? That's what God wants. See, people, people, I wrote this down. People want... They want what you have, but they don't want to do what you do. And that's the truth. People want what you have, and so they become envious of that. But when they find out what you have to, ah, you don't have to do all that. Ah, they just, that's probably drug money they got. Ah, they, they, They did something illegal or whatever. See, they get envious and they start talking and they start bashing and all that kind of thing because they don't want to do what you've done to get what you receive. Listen, obedience to God, if, if, if you had a book called, if I had a book called The Bible to Bert, okay, and it started from the day I was born and it told me everything I was supposed to do, well, it'd be easy. <laughs> But we all have the same book, the same iPhone. We all have the same book, and we got all kinds of devils and demons trying to talk us out that this is even real. And when we hear somebody quote a scripture, but their life doesn't measure up, then we second guess that. When this thing and that thing, yeah, but he, he said that, but, you know, I watched him do that, and I, you know, no, no, no. See, we're, we're, so we got all this against us trying to talk us out. Ah, the Bible, you're the Bible. Christian people I'm talking about. Ah, the Bible. I had a friend one time tell me, you know what, I've gone beyond the Bible. Okay. I, I honestly, when I heard that one, I, I'd never heard it, and I've never heard it since. But this guy had gone beyond the Bible. The Bible is the book, and it is the Bible to me, to you. We just have to seek it, seek the kingdom, seek it, get the information, then allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us so we know how to do what he wants us to do the way he wants us to do it. And when we do that, there's no envy because love cannot envy. You'll never envy another thing or person ever again. I didn't say you would have the potential to, but you'll choose not to because you realize you're chosen and that God loves you and you're the most important thing to him on planet Earth so nothing can happen that's going to affect. Listen, stuff will happen. 
Stuff will come against you, but it won't win. Or Paul lied. Now, we know Jesus said the same thing, but we'll, we'll go deeper than that. Paul said, many of the persecutions that come against me, many are all these people that have envied me and come against me and wanted to kill me and take me out. I mean, he was in deaths often, it says. God raised him up. He didn't leave the planet till he finished his course. He said, I finished my course. I, I, I'm done with this race. It's through. I'm over. And when he was done, he was done. Amen? But they couldn't take him out. The enemy can't win. People can't win in our lives when we know God chose us so that we will do on the earth what he wants us to do. And what is the great commandment? Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Those are the two commandments in the New Testament. And I'll end with this. Ecclesiastes 4.4. Can you give me that on the screen? Again, I say that for all toil... And every skillful work a man is envied by his neighbor. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. Can you give me that in the New Living Translation? Can you pop that up real fast? There it is. Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. Put your hand on your chest. Say this. Not me. Not me. <laughs> I'm successful because... I'm faithful to do what God says. Not envy what someone else has. Then I observe that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this too is meaningless and like chasing the wind. There's no end. There's no end to that type of a lifestyle. And that's what, I mean, people are chasing the wind, chasing their tail, and, and to no end. It's meaningless when we go and we try to succeed because we're in, we want what our neighbor has or the next person. It's the worst thing you can do. And God said, I'll deliver you. I'm telling you today, you don't have to live like that. You can live free. Who the sun sets free is free. Amen? That's not me. What we just read right there, put that back up one more time. What we just read there in Ecclesiastes 4.4, then I observe that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. Not me. You can choose to do what you want to do. I, can't, I can encourage you. I can give you information as I have today. But you have to choose. Can you say amen?